Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If he was to wear pants, rest assured he would have shat them. <laughs> <laughs> This week, Del Boy heals orange, sees red, but Glasgow remains green and white. A Celtic take another step towards nine trophies against nine flaky dons. Next up is another final as they get through to face Scotland's speckiest villain. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Tims. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 176 of 20 Minute Tims. Um, your stand-in host, Stephen. There's no Jamie tonight, so I'm taking the reins. With me, as always, is my long-suffering podcast wife, Martin Nelly. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Just imagine the Photoshop we're going to get now. Yes. And, Nelly, we have pulled off something of a coup tonight. <sighs> oh. Scotland's hottest up-and-coming podcast, the host of the Blethered podcast, it's Sean McDonald. Sean, welcome. All right, lads. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Sean, we're going to... I'm going to talk to you a bit about your podcast later on, but what I've learned in the years of doing this podcast is that if there's been a big event in the world of Celtic, a big game, mm-hmm. people crack up if you don't cut to the chase straight away. So we'll talk about that later on. We'll get straight to it. Perfect. Celtic 3, Aberdeen 0, gentlemen. The last time Celtic beat Aberdeen 3 0 was December 2017. Do you know what happened for the first and thus far only time that day? No, no. Nope. Johnny Hayes scored for Celtic. Oh, aye, at Celtic Park. So it seems only fitting that we should start with that man. Melly, recently you've been outspoken in yes. your dismay at the inclusion of Johnny Hayes in the recent lineups. And now you're not alone in that. Eyebrows are always raised when he turns up in the, that first team. So how did you feel going up to the game on Sunday? Hey, going to the game, the two positions that were maybe I wasn't sure who was going to play was the left wing, whether it be Hayes or Sinclair or the centre-half, whether it be Jozo or Benkovic. And the two players that played, Hayes and Jozo, were two of the best players on the park. Very good. My problem with Hayes isn't his ability. It's in these big games, usually these are won by big game players that have been there and done it. Now, Johnny Hayes played well and done well, but I still... I just don't see him going forward being a Celtic player that plays week in, week out and is good enough. I still think Scott Sinclair's a better player. We can come on to it later on, but Johnny Hayes, he was great. Sean, the lineup leaked again just a few hours sort of before. Yeah, I, I thought it, was, it wasn't it was going to happen because they did get Julian Assange the other day, so I was wondering <laughs> if that would maybe close off the leak. But any surprises for you? Nah, I mean, the Johnny Hayes one obviously raises eyebrows. Um and I kind of feel the same as Melly going forward. Has the name Johnny Hayes been said in the last two or three weeks without the phrase raising eyebrows immediately after I it? I'm just dive right in <laughs> Looking back though, I mean, after the Rangers game and after yesterday, I was pleased with it, but I echo what Melly's saying. I don't think going forward he's going to be the best option. And I know you said, oh, come on to it, but the whole not picking Sinclair's about mm. strange. Well, Sinclair has 
so far only completed 90 minutes against uh, for Neil Lennon's team once, mm. and it was his last start, which was against Dundee. I think it was. If he's not starting at all, he's getting taken off at half time or after maybe 50 odd minutes or something like that. So it's clearly not something that Neil Lennon is fond of at the moment. I'd be reluctant to say it's, it's over for Scott Sinclair, but we're getting to the stage where. I think his contract's up this summer, but there's an option of a, another year, is that right? I think he's got another year. I think that was just right, okay. rubbish. But The stage I've arrived at with Johnny Hayes is that, yes, it does raise eyebrows every single time, but I'm like, right, why though? Because, yes, it doesn't seem like he's the biggest name or the, the most appealing player in the squad, but has anyone else in the squad done anything to suggest that he deserves the place more? Because we're, we're looking at Timothy Weir, right? Timothy is the bigger, more fancy name and all that, but has he done anything? Warrant the place, yeah. Warrant his place, probably not. The, the reason I look at it is if we go and we're front three of Forrest, Edward, and Sinclair, they've all nearly got 20 goals between them, they've all scored in big games, they've all won matches for Celtic. I've said Johnny Hayes has scored in a cup final against Celtic, but he's never won as a game. He scored, I think, one goal against Aberdeen, and it was, wasn't, I think it may have been the last goal. He's, well, he's that just, was his last, his only goal for Celtic. Do you know who, where his previous goal was? The one for against for Celtic? Aberdeen against yeah. Celtic in the mm. cup final. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not a goal scorer, and if you're going to play in that position, you need to chip in with goals. Mm-hmm. Now, Johnny Hayes done well, done his job well, but as soon as Scott Sinclair came on, he had three or four chances, and the only reason he got those chances is because when the ball's out in the right hand side, Scott Sinclair is in the box looking to score. Yeah, I said it. There was at the match with Tony and I said it, look at Johnny Hayes' position. He was out on the touchline outside the box when the ball was over on the right-hand side. If we're playing this formation, we need bodies in the box. And that's my problem with Johnny Hayes. That that bothers me as well, because when I see him in the starting lineup, I think, well, that's one creative or penetrative element that's kind of taken away. As you say, if he's on the touchline, yeah. you're looking for him to be, you know, coming in to be scoring goals or chipping in or taking it and getting an assist or something. Is that a problem with instructions then? Because mm. I know he's in there. Lennon said he was in there to, to create with and yeah. to stretch the pitch. It was a huge pitch. So you use Johnny Hayes in that regard to keep it out left. But if he's not, as you say, if he's not coming inside when James Forrest has got the ball or Lustig, Lustig had the, basically the run of the right-hand side in that game. If he's not coming inside, then is he really fully doing his job then? No, but you seen when he did get inside, he wins the penalty. Yeah. He gets in there. It was a bit, maybe a bit fortuitous, but Maybe it's the fact that Tierney can't bomb forward right now that Johnny Hayes is out there because in this game, Tierney wasn't getting beyond an awful lot. I don't know if that was because Johnny Hayes was there Mm. or that's why Johnny Hayes is there. So it'll be interesting to see if I fully fit Keenan Tierney, how Johnny Hayes would fit in because if Johnny Hayes has been an out-and-out winger, Keenan negates Keenan Tierney's game and He's one of our best players. He's going to be here probably longer than Johnny Hayes, so I don't see that going forward. Elsewhere in the lineup. No Oliver Burke. No. Glute injury. Say arse. <laughs> that, that, that's the technical term for it, I suppose. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to comment on that. <laughs> Jozo retains his place at the expense of Benkovic. Listen, Jozo, if you're making a play, a late play, to become one of my guys. Oh, going, it's a bit late. Okay, going the right way about it. I thought he was brilliant. He was. Uh, that was in another position we thought Jozo or, or Benkovic. But again, Lennon's went with the players that I've maybe got a future beyond the end of this season. So, Jozo would desperate need a centre-half to come good because I think Jack Henry went off injured for the reserves today and we've only got Ayer that's going to be here beyond the end of the season. So, it's good to see him playing. But we've had these with Jozo before where he comes in, does well, 
and he still get a wee ricket in him every so often, but he was absolutely brilliant. He could have had a hat-trick. I think it was Eric McBride, uh, one of our listeners, who said on Twitter that the team was entirely made up of players who are likely to be there next season, mm. including Rogic coming yeah. off the bench. Merit in that? Is it is it about that right now, or is it about getting results with the, the resources you have, including the loan players? I would say so, and I know what you're saying with that, but we've got the results. Yeah, um, aye, very so true. looking back and obviously looking forward, we can have that, that debate, but you know, he's Lennon's delivering results, and I would rather see a more settled team obviously coming into qualifiers um, than basically strengthening and developing players for that rat. <laughs> Are you allowed to swear on this? I wouldn't say it, but... Um, <laughs> Aye, so no, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I think Jose's been brilliant since he's he's been back in. Well, on the results, Lennon's best performance since he's been back, surely? Oh, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Right from the start, even before Aberdeen got the guy sent off, we just dominated, yeah. pinned him right back. And imagine, I was sitting quite near the Aberdeen fans, but what a waste of time for them. <laughs> even the sending off, yes, they went down to 10 men, but they had the Sam Crossgrove volley which looked a bit closer than it actually was from where I was sitting but it Mm. wasn't anywhere near apart from that absolutely nothing all they do is aim balls at him and hope to win knockdowns the midfielders man for man go man for man in midfield so they're chasing about three Celtic midfielders and it just leaves a space wide open for they they kept a guy on Ayer to stop him coming out but then just bent Jozo went right through and he how many times did he walk right through the centre of the pitch and, nearly, and have a shot? And another day, Jojo could have had a hat-trick. Yep. That's no exaggeration. I, th- I can remember at least four chances he had. There was one in particular quite early on where he went through and did a step-over <laughs> to buy himself space on the edge of the box. Now, I make that three players in the Celtic squad who are proponents of the humble step-over. You've got Jozo now has added himself to the list of Scott Brown and James Forrest. What about and, Lustig's you want? I mean, oh, of course, that's right. But good players as those are, I include Lustig as well then. I reckon Jozo's probably the best at the step over now because you went right in here, didn't you? James Forrest and Scott Brown don't really understand what a step over is. It's to, <laughs> it's to look like you're going in one direction and go the other. Jozo fully grasped that. <laughs> Brown and Forrest kind of look like they're trying to vault their neighbour's head. <laughs> he, he had the chance early on, didn't he? It was a good save by Joe Lewis. Yeah. But from then, from the very start, as soon as I got into the, finally got into the stadium when the, with the, ridiculous cues my nerves just went just by the way Celtic were playing by the way they pushed up in Aberdeen and mainly by the way Aberdeen were playing because I just thought the only way they're going to get a goal is probably from a set piece Aberdeen though went to absolute pieces <laughs> implosion it was implosion good I've, to see I heard the, the debate between I think it was Tom English and Richard Gordon on Sports Sound over whether Celtic were really good or Aberdeen had sort of shot themselves in the foot. Mm. To me, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I think both things happened in that game. But Aberdeen, it was a, dis- a performance described by Tom English as mortifying. Yeah. I, can't, I can't really disagree with that. I can't think of a better word either. No, it was, yeah, it, was, it was embarrassing from them from basically the off. As you say, Melly, their tactics were pretty clear. It was just about the kind of... The bully boy stuff, we've talked about this in the podcast so many times. It doesn't work with Celtic and certainly not if you've got no ability to back it up. I I was nervous going in to this game because I thought Celtic aren't the greatest of forms. Aberdeen are okay. But when I saw Graham Shinney, when I remembered Graham Shinney wasn't playing rather because he was suspended, he was never going to make it. I got more confident. Not that he's the best player in the world, but he's without a doubt there. Most influential Yeah, without a doubt. Sean, how did you feel? going into this game because there's been a lot of that there's been a lot of talk about how you know there was 
people not really sure what kind of Celtic would turn up. Their lineups have been a wee bit all over the place recently. I'm not buying the thing that everyone's you know, there's been more tweets about people saying, Oh, they want Lennon to lose, so he doesn't get the, the job. There's been more tweets saying that's out of order than there have been tweets actually saying it. I can't uh, find one. Aye. I haven't seen a single person no. saying that. <laughs> um going into the game, I had kind of mixed emotions and I was kinda of going between them both. At first I was thinking, Well, we're Celtic, if we turn up and you know, if we do, you know, what we can do, then nobody's gonna stop us. Then I thought, Oh, is it gonna be the Lennon curse? The Hamden hoodoo. Um, but is it within that first five minutes? And I was the same. See, when Shinny popped up and they sat in the stand, I thought, right, that's that's good because yeah. he makes him tick. And uh, I, it took me about five minutes and I thought, ah, oh, we're doing these here. Aye, when it was in, within one minute where I think it was um, Edward and McGregor broke forward and drew a, a crank challenge from Considine to get the ball out of the six-yard box. But that was, it was 50 seconds or something like that and it was clear Celtic were, were right up for it and keen to be the, be the better team because the last game against Aberdeen wasn't particularly great. I was a wee bit disappointed at home, so put that away. Yep, Aberdeen, just the way they line up, it's just awful. It's, it's, not, it's hammer launch and stuff. They just, right back was Dominic Ball and he's not a right back, he's a midfielder at best if he's mm. a footballer <laughs> if you're playing him. So they've just got no, apart from that long ball to Cosgrove, they, they don't have anything else. They'd know Mackay Stephen, they'd know McGinn, Shinny or Logan. and Players that have caused this problems in the yeah. past, all these guys, because you look at the, the replacement, Stevie May, as I don't know, I've not really seen much from him in years now. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I tend to forget he's still at Aberdeen. A striker that doesn't score. They've yeah. got loads of them, haven't they? James Wilson. They seem to a lot of good players that will create something, go to Aberdeen and don't create anything. I wonder if it's to do with a manager and his tactics that all these players don't create them. Greg, Greg Stewart went from the best player in the league possibly at Kilmarnock to one goal or something at Aberdeen. Mm. What's changed? His manager. Mm. Speaking of the manager, more, <laughs> more to come on him, but the, the first red card of the, the day was, as you mentioned, Dominic Ball. Two bookings within about seven or eight minutes of each other. The first one was a, a sort of trip stroke block on Johnny Hayes at the touchline. Harsh, I don't, I don't really know, I think. I've heard both the argument made that it was his first foul, but then the ref seemed to be pointing yeah, as if it was first that it was, you know, several fouls. Being at the game, I didn't quite keep track on how many fouls he gave away, but I did see the ref pointed over and in, it felt as if the ref knew what he was talking about, but it get, every week we call for it, like, you've got to stamp this out in the first half or else you get away with it. And Craig Thompson did it because it was foul after foul after foul. Every time Celtic got into their half, they'd just try and break it down by committing a foul. And if you booked Dominic Ball early on for a foul, it was a stupid foul anyway. Hayes went past him and he sticks his leg out and takes him out in the touchline. It just daft he can't. He could maybe say it's a bit harsh, but if that's going to be your tactics for the full game, somebody's going to get a booking whether they deserve it or not, because the whole team are doing it. So it has to be clamped out. And he got his booking. And then the second one, if that's the way your manager tells you to go out in the pitch and be full throttle into them all the time, when you get sent off, your manager can't really have any complaints because you've fired this guy up so much that he's going mm. in reckless and that's exactly what it was. What did you make of the, the second yellow then? Ah, an absolute shocker. shocker <laughs> that's right. reckless, isn't it? Uh, I mean, he's, could have really done him some real damage. Yeah, uh, the, uh, a flying headbutt. The rarely seen flying headbutt in football. You know, I kind of, I try to be slightly balanced about it and look, about, look back and think, 
do people really do that? Do they really try to take out opposition players by flinging their head into theirs at the full pelt? It seems unlikely to me, but then I don't know what goes through people's heads, apart from Dominic Ball's face. Right <laughs> enough, but it's I, I don't really... There are ways to go about it that, that are easier than risking your own consciousness mm. to take out an opposition player. Seems a strange decision. Sure. I don't know whether, as you say, Mel, he just get, he just get carried away, all hit up about yeah, it, I and just went charging in. It's in the middle of the park. Christie's already won it, and he still powers through it. It's just stupidity, because yeah, what's going to break from that? Pretty much nothing. No, There's no right. need to make the challenge, and especially when you've already been booked a couple of minutes ago. I just thought it was symptomatic of the way Aberdeen were playing, but everybody was going in full throttle, going about the other red card, but it's just ridiculous foul after foul, and it was going to happen at some point. I believe Jamie would call it dumb-dumb behaviour. <laughs> well, it's dumb-dumb behaviour. It's, yeah, it's a strange thing to do. A horrible, horrible thing to see as well, because yeah. you don't, like, we talk about head knocks, they seem to talk about head knocks on here all the time, it's not something you, you like to see, and he was down for a long time, which... I think it was five or six minutes worth of injury time mm. that created at the second half. Now that's something in itself because Celtic scored in that injury time by goal from Forrest. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it would have been the easiest thing in the world to switch off at that point yep. because you're concerned about your teammate. A number of things can happen there. Either Aberdeen take advantage of the of the unsure atmosphere around what's happened to Christie or Celtic can just show that they don't care about Christie and go and let them get the goal, which they <laughs> clearly did. But it's... To have that level of concentration, that level of intent to go out and score several minutes in the injury time after something quite serious has happened on the pitch, brilliant. It is. It was a great goal, but the long gap between the game restarting also gave Aberdeen a chance to get their tactics sorted, yeah. get their substitution made. Spoiler, get, they didn't. Yeah, get into <laughs> a shape. But Celtic, they just seemed to get the balls out, keep moving, and Lennon had them all over and just told them what to do. And that's exactly what we've done. Concentrate and when Aberdeen get to that point, 10 men, they just want to get to half-time. They're just looking at the clock thinking, right, it's however many minutes to half-time with the Celtic. I think we've got six minutes to go at them here, full pelt, and uh, Aberdeen crumbled. The goal, though, Peach. James Forrest. Oh. Yep, that was a, that was a noise, a suitable, <laughs> a suitable noise. <laughs> uh, what do you think of it? Talk to me about it. I goal of the season. <laughs> How did I, you? I just did. I just did. I knew he was, coming. I knew he was taking the shot. I could just tell when I knew it was going in. It was just a, a feeling. I think Melly on the Melly at the Match, which is available at patreon.com forward slash 20 Minute Tims, you recorded around the game and described it as being quite similar to Rogic's goal at Rugby Park a yep. couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Under Ronnie. It just maybe, wasn't in that top corner. Yeah, quite maybe it wasn't much. hit with quite as much quite as much sauce on it as Rogic, <laughs> but it was it was perfect. Perfectly placed and especially on his weaker foot. Yeah, because we usually see Forrest cutting inside and going with the outside of the right foot. But just the way he takes it, it's just a simple a quick throw in. That's Lusty gets a quick throw in to McGregor. Don't let Aberdeen get any time to settle because they're down to that they've got that what um, man disadvantage. And he just turns away from Max Lowe, I think it was, just opens his body. Touch. Who's a good defender usually yep. who does well against Forrest? And just the left foot strike, an absolute peach. Apparently Lennon said to him, you've not scored for a while for your left foot. You used to score them. So good bit of man management from Lennon, but putting that wee bit of belief in for us. But it was an absolute peach. And I don't know how Celtic are working out with this goal of the season, but I'd, I'd probably say that's the goal of the season for me. Goal of the season, but player of the season, Sean. Ooh. What are you thinking? Cause, because see, being realistic, see, I've been saying Callum McGregor for a while on this mm. because of his level of consistency yeah. and involvement throughout the season. But... Things like that, moments like that, rightly 
change opinion mm-hmm. on when, when it comes to things like player of the season, especially if you're doing it round about this time. Yeah. And in the big games. Has Jamesy sealed it for himself there? Could have, because if you look at the game Easter Road as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, games that you know, you're waiting for something to happen for a player to make that influence and as much as consistency and how you're playing is one thing. That level of impact that you're able yeah. to have, um, obviously in big games, that, that counts for a lot. But I don't know, would Eddie be in for a shout if he gets a few more goals? He could do. It, it would certainly be in my thinking for young player of the year. But yeah. for some reason, as I said maybe a week or so ago, Dembele was completely overlooked for that. They tend to look at maybe more homegrown players for mm-hmm. young player th- of the year. I think as well we like Dembele and we had even have such an impact. You forget they're young players. Yeah, I forget they're young players all the time. Because you paid money for them, they come from abroad, mm-hmm. you forget how young you are. Aye. I think that's Forrest, 41 goals he's been involved, involved in, yeah. in this season. Mm. That's incredible because he isn't the most consistent guy, but no winger is, are they? No. And he's he's cemented these places, the number one out in that right-hand side. Mm. Next season, if we have Shred come in, Ozani's back, if we keep Sinclair, decent options out there. And obviously Johnny Hayes as well. <laughs> Lenny described him after the game as one of the best players in Britain. Yep. I bet you scoffed at that. <laughs> You're scoffing right now. Was that my scoff face I made <laughs> off mic? You've, you've outed me there. I don't know about that, but... High high praise for the manager, but I'm not not quite sure about that. He loves him, doesn't he? Yeah, he gave yeah, he's a he's a good player. He's taken away to win over some fans, but he has won it the same as McGregor. But Forrest maybe taking a bit longer. But he's into the he's coming into the peak of his career. He doesn't get injured as much. He is involved even when he has quiet games. He'll pop up with a goal and assist. He'll do something, mm-hmm. and he doesn't miss many games anymore. So we can't really ask for much more than his his trophy tally must be clocking up now. He's almost he's. I'm sure Eddie thinks he'll be one of the most decorated no, players oh in yeah, history. Uh, easily, come the end of his career, he'll definitely be. He'll mm-hmm. surpass pretty much everyone because I think is he is he on course for 17 this season? Should Celtic win another two? I think he'll be up there in the sort of high teens, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, what's that? Ten years, 17 trophies. When you hear other players talking about him, even in oh, training, they, they rave about him. I so as you say, wingers are a bit inconsistent. Yeah, but and also even through his inconsistency, he still pops up with you know impact and their influence the game. So God Paul Slane, Paul Slane's always banging on yeah. him, isn't he? Yeah, he nearly got another goal just straight yeah. after that. Just he did that usual where he cuts in and went with outside the foot, but he didn't quite take it wide enough past the keeper. It's a good, save. It was a good save by Joe Lewis. But as soon as we went in at half time, goal up, a man up. Just thinking, it's another good, beautiful Sunday for us. <laughs> was it half time that uh, Tony Doherty? Yeah, went, fair enough. I didn't went about this. I've rarely seen assistant managers sending off. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen both assistant uh, and managers getting sent off. Lenny had to shake hands with a fizzle. Brilliant. It's, it's to see the two of them standing there in the box. Uh, and yeah, brilliant on it. Looking it's, forlorn. It has to stop. A couple of Sundays ago, we had Scott Brown getting free Hun sent off. <laughs> and now this game Scott Brown does nothing and Dominic Ball Hun Derek McInnes Hun Lewis Ferguson Hun all sent off brilliant isn't it <laughs> I see about this right when is it going to be acknowledged properly that Celtic keep being involved in these shame games right? <laughs> right. but they're almost completely innocent yep. of anything the, the biggest thing they can drag up is that Scott Brown well, we talked about it last week didn't act in the best interest of football or whatever the hell they, they said which is nonsense but there's another one another one where well, Aberdeen are down to nine aye. men get half their staff sent off <laughs> and, it, and it'll just be plastered as a, a, a disgrace I'll, a, I'll take that accusation seriously the next time we have a shame game when Celtic lose Oh, Is there ever yeah, a shame yeah. game when we lose? No, it's uh, always when we win because yeah. you can't take it. 
Fuck you. <laughs> Second half, Melly, they came out. T- intensity hasn't dropped off at all. It was almost 2-0 by half time, both by Forrest. But the level of performance in the second halves of games recently hasn't been quite up to scratch with the first. Unfortunately, we're talking maybe Rangers, a couple of others. Livingston game kind of fell yeah. off in the second half as well, but wasn't to be in this one. Oh no, I came out straight away yeah. and went right at them. I always say when teams are down, go for the juggy, go for that jugular, <laughs> get them in behind the windpipe. Bang. <laughs> but we went for it again and to be fair, Aberdeen didn't have anything. There was nothing to fear from them no. because Jozo and I have done a good job on Cosgrove and because they're a man down, they can't get bodies around them and that, that was their only thing. So they had to take a midfielder off to put them in defence. So the whole plan was gone. They tried to stifle us and then probably get a goal on the break or from a set piece and they just didn't have anything. They're a terrible team to watch. So Celtic just came out and just went at them and it, you just felt it's going to be a matter of time before we get another one. And it was a lovely one. I, I know Edward stepped up and scored the penalty, but when Johnny Hayes got in that position, I just needed him to score just <laughs> so he believes in himself, I can score, and he'll get into those positions. Mm. But it was a smash and run. I don't know what Devlin's doing, letting the ball bounce Switched over. Switched off altogether. Yeah. I don't know if he just wasn't aware. Was he maybe trying to let it go out of the pitch, which is a, a bizarre decision when you think back to it. But I, I don't know if I can really only imagine that that's what's going through his head. He's a, he's a centre-half playing at right-back, so I don't know if being that wee bit out. But it's just no excuses for the guy. He should have cut it out. Maybe he's thought Johnny Hayes. It doesn't even. He's not even aware he's there, but it's really clumsy. And he, he done well, Hayes, to get in the position. I just choking for him to score. But Edward stepped up. And sometimes you're a wee bit wary at penalties. But as I said, there was no nerves whatsoever no. with that. The keeper guessed the right way, but he's absolutely no chance with that. His first penalty of yep. the season. Must be a new taker. First, first penalty at all for Celtic, maybe. Not Possibly sure. could be, yeah. I think so. Because in Cham has missed. Well, he's only missed two. But it's, it's not. Two, 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 many. Two, two, many, exactly. Yeah, but. There's a couple of decent deliveries in from corners, but we actually nearly scored from a corner, so... No way. Yeah, yes. Remind me, what was that? <laughs> Is it the Jozo one he nearly scored from a oh, corner? Oh yeah, of course, uh, Jozo, he, he should have scored that. Yeah. Um, it, on replays, there was a slight deflection yeah. that took it away from goal, but still, still should have absolutely buried that. That's something I've noticed about Jozo. His Can't sh- say buried that, Stephen. Oh, of course, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> literal Stephen G. He <laughs> should have put the ball over the line into the net. Um... Jozo, his shooting is particularly bad. Yeah, okay. for a apart from Boyata, not a lot of our centre halves get many goals. Boyata went through a good spell where he'd get maybe five, six goals a season. But apart from that, Jozo, I remember him scoring it up at Tanadice, I'm sure, against Dundee United, but I don't know if he's got much after that. Jozo, he's only ever scored two goals for Celtic. Not Has for, he got that one, eh? Uh, not for quite a while. The, the last one was in 2017 against Dundee. And remember, he scored for. Under Dyla, Dundee United. So both Jojo's goals have been in Dundee. Yes. Proving the fact that anybody can score in Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to any listeners from Dundee. Any Dundonians. <laughs> we know we've got one. Your mate Paul Dock. Aye, I know. Oh, well, come to my door if you've got a problem. <laughs> the Dons weren't done there with the red cards. Lewis Ferguson stepped up. Now, he had been asking for a card the entire game. Quite how he managed to survive Till that point, without a booking, was baffling. Yeah. I, don't, I can't quite get my head around it, but he, he decided to bypass the yellow card and go straight <laughs> for the, the straight red. Now that that's one of those you could go to Don Ball's incidents and 
And I think Derek McInnes did try to make a case for them both being harsh. I, I don't know. I, d- I don't agree with either of them. But this one is as, is as red as a red card gets. Oh, it's disgraceful. Just this guy is obviously, he's been told, he told in an interview that his brother didn't speak to him after he knocked Rangers out the cup. In a the bit of background week. here. Who is Lewis Ferguson? He is the nephew of one greeting-faced Barry Ferguson, <laughs> the son of a... Derek. Derek Ferguson. A vile family. A vile family. <laughs> Derek Ferguson's all right in the radio, but he's still one of them. And you just... When he walks off, trudges off the pitch as if he's just a, a wee guy after his first fight in school. <laughs> <laughs> to do that foul right in front with the closest person to you apart from Tom Rogic, Rogic is the referee. Yeah. And even when Craig Thompson sees it and he's instantly in his pocket and as you see Ferguson walking off, you just see Craig Thompson looking at him, shaking his head. <laughs> but what? You gave me no choice no. whatsoever no. there. I mean... Maybe he'll get a standing ovation when he goes back home for his family, won't he? But that's about all he'll get. He'll no need to buy any drinks during the lunch. Let's <laughs> face it. He, he was another one. He was up to high dough and get like, let the occasion get the better of him. Aye, it's, it's a lack of professionalism, I would say. You know, take, unable to take the emotion or yeah. Yeah. hating the Tims. Uh, did you see the image? It was like... Um, an image of him getting sent off just as he's walking off and side by side was Barry Ferguson when he gets sent off in the 6-2 game. Right, yeah, of course. Identical. Uh, the same skin, that haircut Aye. as well, Barry. Just, right, actually, on, I think it was last week on Sports Sound, Derek Ferguson was on, he was talking about he was going to be in the Aberdeen end, but he talked about how nervous he is because it's his son and he can't affect it, whereas when he was playing... Uh, it was a lot easier because he's playing and he can take the emotion out of it but his son if his son makes a mistake he'll feel it yeah. more and I just thought oh that's going to feel <laughs> awful for you mate. what a shame see Lewis Ferguson I, I admire a baddie I've got grudging respect for a, a mm. guy who just comes out and sets his stall up as the baddie right but he's got a, long, a lot to learn when it comes <laughs> I, to that I was going to say a lot to learn because see Shea Logan and Graham Shinney they're not good enough they're fake they they put it on. Graham Shinney tries his best to, to be the sort of anti-Scott Brown. Scrappy-do. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. An Aberdonian scrappy-do. Spawn. Uh, Shea Logan is, is a pantomime. joke. Uh, no, he's, I... he's pantomime. But Lewis Ferguson has potential to be like a proper hun baddie. No. Mm-hmm. He's all but sealed his move to Rangers in no, the summer with that tackle. He's, he's got a bad dig about him. Yeah, he's one, dig. Of the, one of the good bunch. <laughs> From the free kick. Lustig, Lustig this... inexplicably taking free kicks. Now, I'm going to stick up for Lustig here because see if you watch the replay back of that, it looks on target before Johnny gets Hayes in his way. gets in the way. <laughs> the hapless Johnny Hayes is... Uh, knocks who, him over. I, is struck by Lustig's free kick and it knocks him over. Um, it was on target though. If you see it, it probably going straight into the keeper's hands when you see it from behind. But it was on target and his touch to Rogic from the rebound was very nice straight mm-hmm. on his path and Rogic just swept it home it's nice to see Rogic back making meaningful contributions because mm-hmm. at this stage it kind of feels like he's had the season off he started really well he was brilliant in the first game of the season against Livingston and then from that point on it was an argument over whether he was struggling after the World Cup exertions he struggled for form for weeks and then get a, a bad injury in international duty so I feel as if this season has just kind of gotten away from him a little bit. He has. It's been stop-start for him. We were lucky we had Ryan Christie to step in when we didn't really expect anything. It's something that plagues Rogic's game, if I can say that properly. <laughs> he, he's never done a full season without an injury mm. of some mm-hmm. sort. 
but we so always have to have somebody ready to step in. It was good to see him. He loves a an afternoon game at Hamden, doesn't he? he? Can step up and do it. But has it got to the point where everybody's had a shot at free kicks and who's left? Lustig. Yeah, it's trolling mm. now. Or was I mean, it? I'll hit it off Johnny Hayes then later. Rogic. Do you think it was planned, or it was it just one of these car crash ones that it just fell to Rogic and we scored? I, I felt could, it I, <laughs> Lustig on the free kick, so that's just straight trolling from the oh, line. Right. It was I've only 2-0 at that point. As well. I, I've <laughs> seen Twitter bands for less trolling <laughs> than that, to be perfectly honest. Another red, though, taking us up to, what, four in total. Derek McInnes hears orange, sees red. <laughs> straight, out the, <laughs> straight out the tunnel. A... There's no excuse in that, is there? There's no excuse in that level of chanting at a respectable manager. See, did it not happen after he was sent off? Uh, it was before. Was, was it, it right? before? What, what did they actually do then? Because I was partaking. <laughs> what did they actually do then? Because I've seen a clip of it and he looks to just be doing the, the Berkovich, the, the yeah. get it obviously. Is that all he did I then? I think that's it. Right, but okay. the, the, I see fair play. Right. <laughs> as soon as he reacts to it, He's lost, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he. How many times has a manager been called it? A, a sad orange bastard. It's come on, mate. It's it's not exactly pure sectarian, is it? It's just it's funny. If <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind some of the stuff that Celtic uh, players get called, but if you're going to react to that, what example does that set to your team? You've already lost two players, your assistant manager, and then you're reacting to that. It's, it's embarrassing. He copped it straight away after the game. He said they shouldn't have reacted. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but he also d- did grass in the Celtic fans. He told exactly... Snitch. Why, aye, snitch. <laughs> he, he told exactly what had happened and then said it would be interesting to see if everyone gets punished. Everyone. I don't, I don't know about that. Probably just you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> he did say he would take it on the chin and that's exactly what he's going to do. Now, take it like a bitch. They're all doing it these days. <laughs> Is that it for Derek McInnes at Aberdeen? Is he probably going to move on now? It's probably... Had he got to another final... That's probably as far as he can take Aberdeen, but now that he's definitely out of it, mm-hmm. same applies. I think he's he's probably about hit the limit with Aberdeen. Probably, but I don't know where else he goes. I don't know if there'll be much... Uh, Les Brom? Possibly. Mm-hmm. He's obviously been a player there. He's got a good reputation there, but at the end of the season, he, he probably should move on. It's going, I thought it was going to be difficult for him this season with the players he's lost. Now to go again, and he, he's going to lose Shinny, possibly McKenna. It's a difficult, difficult job for him going forward. James Wilson will be going back to Man United to battle it out with Lukaku for the, <laughs> the number nine jersey. And Moussa Dembele. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that'll be interesting. I'd quite like to see that. Actually. I'd, I'd love, love to see, see that. that. From one manager, from one orange manager to another, it's Neil Lennon. <laughs> uh, had, again, I said earlier on, orange-headed, by the way, before I get into any controversy. Um, I said earlier on, it's his finest performance since he's been back. Sean, we've been we've remained kind of agnostic for the last few weeks on mm-hmm. whether he gets the job or not. How how do you feel about it? I think if he gets it, then part of me will think, right, okay, we need to get behind him. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bind the whole Celtic man drum, yeah, knows yeah. what it means and all that. But there, well, there is an element of importance to that. But I've kind of mentioned that when we were going to stop the 10 and Fergus insisted his one sort of stipulation was that the whoever the manager was, it was to be non-British in order for not to feel the pressure, you know, the sort right. of media thing. So I wondered if his emotional volatility would be a bit of a problem, but he seems to be a lot more subdued, mellowed, but I don't know if that's just because he's trying to work his ticket yeah. to get the job. Um, it, it could be, it could be just kind of pressing that down. Aye. Because as I say, we've had, we've had two 
disgraceful shame games now in the last mm. couple of weeks. And Neil Lennon's been nowhere to be seen. No, he's not been involved in the slightest, but he could just be just be suppressing that and then and just explodes on like it. A <laughs> but um, football-wise, I don't know. It's not been great, but then this whole season hasn't been great. It no, was kind of stop-start. You look at the start of the season as well. Uh, ideally, I would like to see a good football manager who's maybe less susceptible to any pressures or outside influences or interferences. Um you know, the squad we've got, if we invest in it, we should be sweeping everybody aside. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I've just given up your sitting defence answer, you know. No, we've, we've been the same. Uh, yeah. If he stays, okay, mate, let's go. Push for nine in a row and we should be delivering it. Um, you know, we are the only ones that can stop ourselves from winning yeah. it, I believe. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's hard because we're judging him on games before we know how he's going to end up at the end of the mm. season. This game was his best game so far and it's, his biggest test so far, the Rangers game possibly, but this this meant more than the Rangers game because this puts us into the final and on the verge of that treble treble. Whether he gets a job or not, I don't know if it's going to be down to the remaining games of the season, but he's given himself the best opportunity now because that's another game ticked off into the final and it was a convincing, convincing win in mm. the end. I said all along, as soon as he came back in, that wasn't going to get swept up in the will he won't he, the ups and the downs, every single performance going to be analysed. But I, mm-hmm. I would be lying if I said that I didn't get caught up in it yesterday. Oh, I, yeah. I started going, oh, I can, I can it get would be amazing. To this. He started it and then <laughs> finished it. <laughs> I really started to get, just been a, a daft old romantic arsehole yesterday. Mm. I was just like, oh, I can I can buy into this. But there is that, there's that romantic yeah. element to Celtic, that fairy tale element. And if he was to come in and take us to 10 and beyond. Absolutely. Be Would there be anything better than Celtic lifting that tenth trophy with Neil Lennon, Kieran Tierney, and Scott Brown? Oh. Would there be anything better than that? And Would... Rod Stewart, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Adams, Subo, everyone just lined up there. Get them all in. But if you're picking a manager. He would probably wouldn't be the ideal manager, but if you're picking a manager to lift the trophy mm-hmm. just to annoy a certain amount of people, well, any every day. Stuff a dream. <laughs> so that was Aberdeen. Yes. Through to face Hearts in the final. Another vile manager. Uh, yeah, another vile man, another baddie, another grudging respect baddie, Craig Levine. Uh, no, I looked into this yesterday. Yeah, you know, since been confirmed. I was I was trying to think of the last time we played Hearts in a final of any description. It was nineteen fifty six. That that was mental to me. I feel as if we've always played Hearts in finals. It's because we get them in semis, yeah, and yeah, yeah, aside. That's very true. There have been a lot of cup games. Notably, the one where Craig Beatty scored oh, that penalty. Mm. It was not a, a 7 0 a few seasons ago as well. I think it was only like the third or fourth round, though, yeah. We got them both cups one year as well. Yeah. Uh, was that Brendan's first season, I think? Can't remember. Mm. Uh, Robbie Nielsen, when they were in the championship, sculled them both times. Chris Commons loved a goal at Tynecastle. He did, didn't mm. he? It's a different opponent because we've had Aberdeen several times in cup finals. We've had Motherwell, who, mm-hmm. who is two uh, in the middle in there, and now it's Hearts. We'll talk about. More about that nearer the time, but they are an up and down team. Hard to say really who how they're going to do. They've got dangerous players, but an unpredictable team. The attendance, by the way, at that nineteen fifty six final was one hundred thirty two thousand eight hundred and forty. <laughs> that must have been about a quarter of Glasgow at that, <laughs> no. that point. A Hearts it could possibly turn out a lot like yesterday in that. They're just going to launch up to Ikpiazu. Mm. So if we can get a handle on him, which we haven't really managed in some no. of the games this season, eh, I think we could 
we could stroll it again, but it's a long way away and we play Hearts in the last game of the season before that, so that'll be a wee dress rehearsal. That's right, actually, that'll be, that'll be interesting. That's the last game of the yep. season, so it'll just be Hearts two weeks in a row. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it will be a difficult game, but there'll be a lot of pressure on it because, you know, you don't, you know, eight trophies out of nine is brilliant, of course <laughs> it is, but you don't get to be on the precipice of this nine and, and for it not to be a disappointment, of course it's going to be. Yeah, no, I think... Um... I think they'll bottle it. I don't yeah. think they've got it in them. And uh, you know, every time the the gauntlet is laid down, the Celtic team delivers yep. every single time. And when it's high pressure, that is when they they step up to the plate. Um, I don't think Hearts have got it in them. So I can't wait for that. The build up will be good. Levine will be trying all sorts. Of <laughs> He's like a specky geography teacher or something. <laughs> like, why do you? Specky geography teacher who's still rocking that Hitler moustache as well. Oh, yeah. That's an extraordinary, a triangular moustache. But as I say, we'll speak about Hearts more nearer the time. Uh, there's quite a bit of football we've played between now and then. And speaking of Edinburgh, the next game is against Hibs away. I think it's an early kickoff on Sunday. Easter Sunday. Could be a wee party on tail. Now, Craig Levine's a baddie, but we could do him being a goodie because on Saturday it's Hearts Rangers. Right. So if they win and the Hoops then beat Hibs on Sunday... Title time. Indeed. And we party on Sunday, day off Monday. Elvino will fly. <laughs> <laughs> Hibs are no joke though. They've been doing well under uh, hecking bottom, but weren't very good against Celtic though in those those only, games of played. that beat them. Yeah. Do you think his name sounds like an insult? We Tory kids would say <laughs> Hecking bottom. Blooming hecking bottom. <laughs> Melly, you quite often on this podcast talk about how much you enjoy the, the tasty beverage that is <laughs> Hunters, and you've brought some again tonight. Or so. <laughs> oh, tasty. <laughs> but we, we didn't have, apart from McInnes and Lewis Ferguson, it wasn't proper Hunters, right? That's, it was Aberdeen via Hunters, right? Yeah. Not, not exclusive, like proper, pure Hunters, which is why we're going to talk about this. On occasion on the podcast, we talk about things that have happened on this day. Now, I think this is, again, we've cheated slightly because depending I think it's... Depending when you listen. Yeah, depending on your listen. Most people will hear it on the Tuesday anyway. In which case, on that day, it will be 11 years oh. from the game that swung the 2008 title race. I can't race. believe that's been that long. I know, 11 years. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Celtic 2, Rangers 1 with uh, Benigur of Hesselink scoring the last minute winner. Sean recently described that as the best day of his life on yep, a podcast. I did. Well, tell us about it, Sean. Of course, we haven't really established that Sean is a, a massive Celtic fan, which is why he's in this room. Yes. We wouldn't have just have any old any old Tom, Dick or Harry or Billy in this, <laughs> in this room. Sean's a Celtic fan, so tell, tell us about your, your memories of that day. First of all, was it not just after Tommy Burns passed away as well? It was definitely that season. So yeah. there was it that. was just before it. Was it just before? Yeah. And um, we obviously we had to win because they were quite a wee bit ahead of us. So if they'd have won, they would have went seven points clear yeah. with, with two games in hand, and it was a must win. I mean, my first memory, or my main memory, is thinking, and the run-up to that, I can't remember who we'd been playing in centre midfield, but we were getting bullied off them oh, yeah. every time, and he went with Hartley and Robson, and was it Barry Robson just smashed Christian Daly oh, with an elbow? And I just remember thinking, yes, this is it. Right. Opening minutes, yeah, the opening exchange, really. Paul Hartley broke Lee McCulloch's foot, <laughs> um, and it just and he's... I remember him complaining about it. The biggest bully, elbows. Yep, he's just yep. a physical, dirty player, and they get it back. He um, didn't do anything to Kyle or anything like that. I was going to say he broke McCulloch's foot, and that was oh, this is for Kyle in the future. <laughs> 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 um, 
Aye, and then obviously Nakamura. And by the way, Gary Caldwell often overlooked for because Caldwell played the pass to Nakamura uh, and, and he scored. And then he obviously then put the cross in, which McDonald had the cross. We'll come to that. But Naka scored in that goal, that screamer after the you know the criticism of, but he yeah. doesn't do it in the big games or against Rangers. That was the, a huge theme of the time. Nakamura had never really done anything against Rangers, or so they perceived it. Nakamura was always criticised for not scoring enough goals, which mm. was ridiculous because he's not. That's not the type of player he was. Anyone who actually watched him could see what he, he brought just to football yeah. in general. Yeah. The guy was an absolute genius at times. When you say must win, Sean, mm. you ain't wrong because we <laughs> from the the previous game. Before that, we played Motherwell away from home. And that from that game, there was seven games left of the season. We had to win every single one, beating Rangers twice within that, because this game was cancelled from when Phil O'Donnell died yes, uh, just yeah. at New, mm-hmm. New Year to, uh, on Boxing Day, but the game was at New Year, it was cancelled. So this was a rearranged game. Now, we went into the previous seven games, one, two, drawn two, and lost three. We went out the cup at home to Aberdeen, we get beat by the Huns at Ibrooks. Kevin Thompson scored. Mm-hmm. And then we lost 1-0 to Motherwell at Celtic Park. And it was after that game, the midfield and that was Brown and Donati. They went out and Hartley and Robson came in. We beat Motherwell 4-1 at Fur Park. That was the first of the seven games. The next one was this Rangers game. So we went into it. Boric and Goal, the big man. The back four... Heinkel, Caldwell, McManus and Naylor. That was Remember Lee Naylor? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Nakamura, Hartley and Robson in midfield, McGeady, <clears throat> McDonald and Jan Venegur of Hesselink. Rangers lined up. Now, considering they've got 11 players here, right. it is very impressive that they have seven defenders <laughs> in their team. <laughs> McGregor, Broadfoot, Quella, Weir, Papich, Daly, Whitaker, all defenders. I make that what, six centre-halves and a right-back in that lineup? <laughs> it's something oh, in the field. Yeah. Uh, Wee Barry, who we've already mentioned today, Davis, McCulloch and Darshaville. That is defensive. <laughs> Darshaville, he, yeah, he was like a he was like a centre-half playing up front. He basically just defended from the front, didn't mm, really yeah, ever score any goals. Mind that uh, NFL player, the fridge, he was just yeah. like him, wasn't he? The leather couch, Darshville. <laughs> the Nakamura goal, though, as uh, alluded to by Sean earlier, one of the old firm greats. Yeah, we're definitely. allowed to say old firm, by the way, because yeah, this, this is, this is in the past. Um, one of the true greats up there, m- maybe not up there in ten, tens of its that iconic levels it's not quite up there with Larson's mm. um, in the 6-2 game against mm. Quantum and not far behind I know I would say it's not far behind and it was so unexpected because he was yeah. so far out you'd be like why would they shoot and he's hit the shot and then you think oh the keeper's getting it and then it goes in because obviously it bent and when you see the angle from behind oh, the video oh. was doing the rounds on Twitter in the last few days the, when you see the angle from behind you realise how much it moved in there because when the ball leave, leaves his foot it's heading for the near top corner mm-hmm. and then goes in the opposite sort of halfway up the goal. McGregor flying yeah. and realising. Stunning finish. And that was the first goal we'd scored against Alan McGregor in four, gated, four clean that sheets was a year pre- or something previously like that, yeah. to that. So uh, Gordon Strachan hadn't beat, beaten Walter Smith in a game. So it was all this uh, Walter Smith's yeah. got Strachan's number. But to be fair, the two previous games were at Ibrox. So mm. uh, mm-hmm. these two games at Celtic Park. But as Sean said, apart from the Jozo tackle and Kenny Miller, I think the Barry Robson one on yeah, daily oh. is my favourite because I watch the full games on uh, YouTube, and uh, I just watched the first bit just to see how how long it is in eleven seconds. Aye. Eleven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was exactly what we needed. So many iconic moments, though, especially the Barry Robson tackle. 
the Nakamura goal. Novo equalised, which is a crack goal yeah, for, yeah, for so that wee yeah. ferret. Enough, <laughs> but um, well, the less said about that, the better. Queller is sent off. <laughs> Player um, of the year. Yeah, now he's a dick. Yes, exactly. Uh, conjuring up some of the most iconic independent fan commentary of all time. I think that would have been back in the days of like Justin TV. Justin TV, TV. Right. yes. Justin.tv. Before YouTube was what it was, people would just watch things on Justin.tv. And Queller punches the ball off the line. The goal which, would have been an absolute screen. Oh, I, I was going to say that. It was like it robbed Nakamura of mm-hmm. yet another brilliant goal in that in that same game. <laughs> he punches it off the line and the, the commentary. Get in there! Carlos Queller, player of the year. Now he's a dick. Get in there, Celtic. But he, he goes off. Scott McDonald steps up to take the penalty. And see, when you watch the highlights of it, see the pain on people's faces. Oh. Like about to watch it. There's one woman in particular. There's one woman in particular that's just in absolute knots about to watch this run up for the penalty and he steps up and misses it. It's exactly the same placement and save as the Samaras yeah. penalty yeah. a few years later. See, when he's running up, Matt, if you, you were to freeze his run up, just before he hits it, you go, he's going to put it right there because it's so obvious mm. the way he runs up with his wee tubby body and puts it <laughs> over there. It's a decent enough save, but it just, it, he's just telegraphed it. He's just told McGregor what he's going to do. And McGregor at the time had injured his ankle. I think he misses the rest of the Talking season about, yeah. after this. So the guys get one foot and he still managed to save it because he goes off injured and Alexander comes on. I think he'd been having a brilliant season though that yeah. year, Alan, Alan McGregor. Mm-hmm. That was, of course, their... Um, their European run. Well, this to, this is the team they're trying to bring back the now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They've got <laughs> Davis back, they've got him back. They're trying to get this staunchness back. Daniel Kuzan. Yeah, he by the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm scoring against us. Horrible. Yeah. Remember, the, well, I've got fond memories of Daniel Kuzan, not so much as a player, but he was, he was the guy that they signed, remember, just as they went out of business oh, and aye. the, the transfer got cancelled. <laughs> they tried to sign him after going into administration. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one each. The penalty had been missed, but the drama wasn't to stop there because a kind of maligned figure at the times for Celtic, Jan Venegar of Hesslink had his... Bad and run before the Motherwell game before this, he got mm-hmm. two goals, but he hadn't scored in ages yeah, before yeah. that. Yeah, um, but this was this was his biggest moment, but he, he stepped up with a winner. Mm-hmm. The ball falls to Caldwell. Who had set up Nakamura's goal, yep. by the way, so with back- a perfect assist that wasn't at all just an aimless chip in the midfield. <laughs> I know. Well, I credit him with, um, with us winning the league that year. Yeah. <laughs> um, ball falls to him. I think the ball came headed back out of the box, maybe, or passed out. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That's it goes right. from the left back over to the yeah. right. Aye. And he, um, he just puts a beautiful ball in to the hit. I mean, MD, MD else maybe would have smashed it, you know, hit yep. it up. A lovely flighty ball. McDonald. Head across the six yard box and smallest guy in the pitch probably as well, yeah. His links there just to, to get it in the back of the net. Rangers don't need to win it. Celtic most definitely do. Wilson for Samras. Caldwell. McDonald! the goal back now I still sort of get that well up feeling because oh, right. it just it needed it I was in the QMU 
I was going to see the Cortinas that night and I had to miss the start of the gig to watch it on the big screen, just going absolutely bush with these people I didn't know, <laughs> man, just the sheer relief and every time I watch the goal and just see the crowd, it just, it gets me sort of goosebumps that way you sort of wear up, it just, that goal meant everything because if that goal didn't end, everything was finished. We are done. goal against Rangers in the final minute 2-1 at Celtic Park was that the pivotal moment in getting back into the race for the title? I think if we drew that game then it was not impossible but I think it was totally different then because I think that if they see that as a draw then they were cheated as a victory and then they were going on and, uh, uh, like I said you never know but uh, I must say uh, it, was, uh, it was a moment that we thought well if we can do it, we need to do it now. We need to go. We need to keep all winning all all those games. And like I said, for me, it was just nice to score against Golden Ranger, and especially in the last minute, it was just uh, for me also uh, 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 yeah, even more than a, than a great feeling. And um, even ten or twelve years later, uh, people uh, remember me uh, of that goal sometimes, and uh, that says enough about the goal, I think. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is an unashamed Celtic fans podcast and we remember big moments against Rangers more than most. How does it rank for you among your career goals? Well, uh, uh, I, I think it's, that's, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's uh, not the most beautiful goal. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, good. But, uh, not, well, sometimes I say, Intensity wise, it was a night. It was a night game, and Rangers Celtic wasn't always was never a night no, game anymore. Rare, yeah. So, so that was uh, was really rare. So that was quite uh, quite nice back then. And um, with all the aftermath, with uh, with uh, with eventually winning all the games and becoming champion in the end, it it even made uh, it more important to me too. I, I already felt. Of course, it was great. It was great, and he scored against Rangers and having that feeling. But um, eventually, uh, also with becoming champion afterwards, and with all that, like I said, that happened, good and and and, and emotional things that uh, it, made, it made really special. And afterwards, uh, it gives gives even more um, uh, of a good of a good thing. And um, um, like I said, scoring against Rangers and. and or was it something uh, late 90 minutes, 13, yeah. mm-hmm. 92 or 93 or 94, I don't even remember. And um, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, I have a picture uh, on my wall of that uh, of that game. So yeah. uh, it's quite it's enough for me. And then what happened? Rangers lost, so they started a fight. There's a, there's a theme. <laughs> funny that, yeah, uh, funny that. So that was, yeah, not like them. <laughs> an on-field scuffle ensues. And uh, I think Caldwell was sent off yeah. eventually. Is that the one where he had weird by the throat? Aye. a kind of uh, infamous picture of that. Do you remember? There's one and you see Jean-Claude Archville reaching out and Aye, he's photoshopped yep. a KFC bar yes. as if he was trying to grab it. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. There's a good footage as well of it's looking down the tunnel and you see Novo and Ferguson walk down, they're looking back and shouting, and they just get scalped by a couple of Celtic scarves. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Absolutely brilliant. What a day, though. I can't believe it's 11 years, though. And oh, it's, that's disgusting. As far as the title um, ramifications were, Celtic obviously went on to clinch that, but it was 
It was a weird one where the, the final games fell on a Thursday night. That's not weird, but because the season wasn't extended, remember? Of course, Seasons yeah. always end on Thursday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thursday night at Tanaday, so I yeah. think it was where Vinegar of Hessling stepped up and, and scored the, the crucial goal again. And it all comes full circle because the Huns were getting pumped by Aberdeen. <laughs> That's that right. Who was that? Was it, is that? What was his name? Xander Diamond. Diamond. Xander Diamond was giving them his thinking when they think to Novo or Ferguson. Ah, he's a big Tim. That's Novo right. gets sent off. Novo gets sent off. I remember that well because I've, it's one of the most nervous I've been yeah. as a fan like mm-hmm. sitting watching that game in the house and the games are being played at the same time and then I, it was kind of one of these ones where it's cutting between both games and Novo's getting sent off he's punching the badge and all that <laughs> as he's torpedoing their, <laughs> their their title bid he's punching the badge and that's that's what he is though he's, yeah. a, he's the human embodiment of a badge kiss that's all Novo yeah. is as a player anyway teed up a little bit at the start uh, obviously the reason Sean's here is there's a big Celtic fan but he's a, he started his own podcast and Blethered is the name of it. And it seems to have exploded up everywhere. Um, what made you start it? What were the ideas behind it? Because it's, it's become a kind of multi-layered thing already. Mm-hmm. I think you're only 13 episodes deep at this point, but yeah. it's, it's, it's had a bit of everything in there. I do you know, I actually started um, 20 Minute Tim's contributor, Justin Tate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he said I should start a podcast and I dismissed it. He said it in the pub, but then he kind of planted a seed. Um, and I'd had kind of conversations about booze, drugs, gambling, just like on social media. And I thought, all right, maybe there's something here. So, um, I, Chris McQueer was the first. Yeah. The uh, first. Former guest of two of my friends, of course. Show. He was the first one that came on. It kind of just went for there. I think then I had Darren Connell, comedian actor, Paul Black. And it's kind of went on. And, uh, I, obviously, 20 Minute Tim's very own Martin Melly was yes. on episode 10, which yeah. is very well received. Yeah, I've, I've been aware of the, the reaction to that. It seems to have been much, much, much loved. Yeah, a lot of messages and that seems to have done the trick. So Aye. glad to have done it now. Aye, but it's, um, it's been good. And um, I think having a wee balance of chat, finding out about the guests and kind of naturally weaving in some of these subjects when relevant. Um, I, it's, it's been very good. I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. It's um, covering quite a lot of important stuff. There's a lot of kind of political hot potatoes in there, such as, you know, mental health aspects mm-hmm. and gambling and you know alcoholism. There's quite a lot of that stuff, but it's mixed in. There's quite a lot of humour. There's a lot of comedy people involved in it. Mm-hmm. It's quite, it's a good mix because I find that, I find that I take something away from every episode. Yeah. I learn quite a lot, and it's, there's quite a lot in there about sides to Glasgow and Scotland that I didn't previously know about. The kind mm-hmm. of maybe artier type of things, people involved in writing and TV and comedy. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. that that world, and I feel like this that brings it quite well to the surface. I um, and the people that have come on there speak very well, and I think everybody. Well, I've been very interested in them anyway. Yeah. As you say, TV, comedy, art, people, um, even in. Frank on Berlini Prison yes, Guard as that, well. That um, was hilarious, man. Uh, it was good. But it's, um, I think it's just normal conversation, but it yeah. just happens to be recorded. That's it. It just seems like you're sort of eerie wigging on somebody in a bus or something talking <laughs> to their mate and just it's normal conversation. Aye. There's wee bits of fun in it and it's just a bit, in, a bit interesting people. It's just, as you said, blethered. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Aye. <laughs> so it's great. I enjoyed it. Aye. So, um, if anybody wants to listen to it, you can get it on, it's available on Apple iTunes, Android, Spotify, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, basically. 
I said earlier that we'd pulled off a bit of a coup by getting here because I, I think you have actually been doing something of a media tour with it. It seems to have really taken off. There seems to be a bit of a backlash against this type of thinking now, but I think a lot of people in Glasgow and Scotland are, are kind of afraid to put their thing out there mm-hmm. in fear of being slagged for, Aye, for trying to do something a bit different. In the show, don't you? Aye, we talk about that in the show, but yeah. there's now and again that, that mentality. I mean, I did have that kind of fear, but I thought... Yeah. Fuck it, like no, just put it out. If people don't like it, then fine. You're not, you're not going to be for everybody. No, absolutely. Um, not. As we have found. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The one thing I've, I've found that, and I'm, I'm using this term loosely, but other, cre- not I'm even calling myself creative, but creative no. people are very um, helpful, supportive. Mm. Um, had a lot of people getting in touch with advice, I kind of helping out and sharing things and that, and that's you know that's good to to have that support. But I think overall, people have enjoyed it. So. Yeah, and it's the reason I bring up the media too. I think even just today you've been on BBC. I was in BBC Radio as well. I was in Clyde this morning and uh, BBC Radio Scotland. A few things happening with the BBC, so I'll announce that when it happens. But um, I quite exciting. Like I'm, I'm I'm surprised by by the reaction. I think there's not many things like it. No, no, that's exactly right. And and I don't mean as if there's nothing better. There's many things that are very better, but there's nothing quite like this wee thing that he's touching on. I I feel like as a an avid listener of podcasts, I feel underserved by the things that you're you're covering, which is why it kind of mm-hmm. works out well for me. But the, the reason I bring up the this, that sort of Glasgow attitude, I don't do anything different, you'll uh-huh. be slagged and all that thing, it's, it's, it's good to see, with you appearing on these things like BBC and all that, it's good to see someone actually taking what they've started and mm-hmm. trying, and like actually trying to be a wee bit ambitious with it and trying to achieve something with it. Aye, no, there's definitely some exciting things coming off the back yet. Um I'm just going to take it and run with it until the wheels come off. Aye, absolutely. Give you that advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, as we said, Melly has been on it. Um, you can you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that'll do us. Um, if you like what Sean does, if you like the sound of him here, you can go and check out his podcast, Blethered. As I say, it's available wherever you get your podcasts, as are we. If you like what we do, you can help support what we do by going to patreon.com forward slash 20 minute terms for a tiny pledge per month you can gain access to more than 60 extra podcasts all manner of stuff on there so you can check that out if you would do us a favor can you give us a five star review on itunes that really do help and the funnier the better because we're always sharing them around in the group chat the hilarious ones we are available on itunes tune in radio wherever you get your podcasts as i said and thanks for listening Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 